0: Hello and welcome to the 905 podcast. My name is Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And today we're um, doing our Thursday roundup, which is going to be heavily uh, election-oriented again, because obviously there's an awful lot of news uh, going on uh, and evolving, and we've started rolling out our uh, interviews with uh, candidates from the three parties that it seems to us are already in this election. No disrespect to um, parties that we're not going to be inviting on, but it's a matter of time, and we want to speak to the parties that actually look like they're going to be winning some seats in the local 905 area. Um, and with regard to that, uh, you know, we've been trying to get um, representatives for, from those three parties, and uh, well, Joel, why don't you um, tell the story of of how we're getting on uh, with that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, we, we've been ta- as soon as the election re- was dropped, uh, you and I had Went, you know, we said, okay, vacation's over. Let's start breaking open the notebook and let's get a plan about how we're gonna how we're going to do this. And one of the things we we said is the nine is too big. We can't cover all the. Can't, we obviously cannot have every candidate on to talk with them. So we said let's pick and choose kind of the the star candidate from each party in the region, invite them on, and we'll we'll say you're going to represent your party and make a pitch for. Your party to all the voters in the 905. We thought that would be a fair way of of conducting this. Um, and the first person right off the bat that we reached out to was the conservative candidate in Thornhill, Melissa Lanceman. And if you were, if the name strikes a bell with you, it's because we've talked with her, talked about her a few times on the podcast in the past. Uh, Uh, but we, we, we talked with, talked about her in the various stories in the the media and said, well, you know what? She seems to be the the young, fresh, up and coming uh, new face of the conservative party in the 905 region. Let's have her on and she can share what the conservative party has to say about the 905 region. And we reached out to her and her campaign and she said, yes, we were ecstatic. We were thinking this is going to be great, wonderful. We had a date and time set up all good to go i the day before i reached out to the campaign manager to confirm say we are good to go everything is set and then we got the unfortunate news the word had come down from on high from the central campaign no she cannot speak with us apparently the mm-hmm. conservative party said to all their candidates that they could not speak to any podcast that was the 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 instructions
0: yeah the direct um, quote was that the that, that uh, candidates are not allowed to speak to podcasts uh that may well be true. I mean, it's, it's not the first time that a party, um, and let's be frank about it, it tends to be the conservatives. I'm sorry, but it's just a fact. There's no ifs or buts about that. Has, has um try to avoid the media. Um but it's incredibly disappointing. It's incredibly disappointing because because Melissa Lansman did the right thing. Her campaign manager did the right thing. They were helpful, they were efficient, they were quick. Uh, there's good reason to believe that this is a candidate with with serious credibility. Um you know, uh, whatever uh our perspectives might be we have uh I think because could certainly speak for both of us. We have huge respect for people who run for public office uh, and we really want um the public to get to hear everybody um because that's what democracy is kind of about right uh, and this this well, you know, that's, si- that's... since that we've not been able to get a single conservative um person office campaign manager politician to speak to us well no, no one's um, returning no one's returning our, our phone calls or, or our
1: emails and what irks me is the fact that in in my mind, Melissa Lansman is the ideal choice to have to represent the party to uh, to the 905 region. Uh, you know, like I'm sorry, but like right now, you kind of need people like her who who are uh, cre- as you said credible just to kind of be speaking up right now. Like the, you know, the 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 campaign is not has taken a bit of a left turn for the conservatives uh, right now. And they, I think they need – either I, what tells me is is one of two things. Either A, they're, they're giving a bad advice to their to their candidates, or what I suspect it is they don't trust their candidates. They don't trust them to be allowed to speak about the, the platform or to speak about conservative – Values or, or policy to the public because they just don't trust them and that, that, to me that says something about your leadership and your team if you say "Well, I, You're not you're not I mean you're not gonna let somebody like Melissa Lansman speak to us. I I, I don't we're we not God journalists. I mean if that's what they're afraid of we're gonna come and say, you know try and basher You kind of that came into this never, because
0: we wanted to be the opposite of gotcha journalists And, uh, and it's like well, exactly well, we, we don't have, we hide have. our political backgrounds. I'm a progressive we both have backgrounds with the liberals which which are not members anymore we've walked away with that and but now we're doing this uh, you know the fact that we are independent is kind of the thing that is most important to us that that we will treat everybody the same um and we'll, yeah we'll say we'll have us have our say but we're going to treat you with respect um and, and if we're going to get past this and we're going to start talking about some of the nastiness in a few minutes if we're going to get past this uh, and break down this perception of politicians as untrustworthy, as dishonest, mm. um, then you got to put your people up to, to, to speak. And if you're a candidate, yeah, exactly. Right. Here's the dirty little secret. And it's not really a secret. Everybody knows this. But if you're really involved in politics, everybody really, really knows this. Every party that runs candidates has some candidates they really don't want to... Speak, um, and right. you know they will be running in in seats where they don't have much of a hope of winning, um, and they're, they're, they're filling up the numbers. Every party it doesn't matter if they're the Liberals, Conservatives, or or the more fringe parties. Um, you know, and, and we could go and ask to speak to those guys and uh, and choose to embarrass the party. I mean, and a lot of the stuff that goes on about hey, this person said this in in nineteen. 19- 95 or whatever comes from those people who are basically seat warmers and the parties have not done sufficient background checks on them because they don't really care uh and so you get these ridiculous election stories which which are kind of eye-rollingly boring quite often now when it's a, when it's someone who's actually been an M- mp uh such as uh has happened with uh the liberals this time around uh or you know a, a serious candidate is the chance of winning there's a different story but so we know there are these candidates and it's t- they're, they're not worth speaking to because they make for really bad interviews, <laughs> to be honest. So we didn't want to talk to them. But once you get past that, the good candidates really need to have the right to speak. Uh, and you know, if the conservatives want to be taken seriously, put your people up, for goodness sake. And I, I, I'm sure that Melissa Lansman would have come on and, and represented herself extremely well. Um Know, she's not gonna persuade me to side with with a lot of things that the CPC stand for but that you know that's by the way she well, might that, well uh, uh, do that with some of our listeners and I'd be delighted for her to have that opportunity
1: well that's the thing and that the what irks me is we've also we've reached out to other conservative party uh, uh, candidates here in Burlington we reached out to Emily Brown uh, partially I think it was because of her her background in the gun lobbyists or gun rights community uh she's posted on her on her website that her background and her cv has been in uh shooting clubs uh, locally in the area and seeing as how that's turned into a political issue whether you like it or not it is but you know i invite her on have her talk about it but get, get outline the party's platform give your give her a shot instead we haven't heard high nor tail from her uh since we've put out the request
0: yeah. And I should it's, say that I haven't it, 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 officially, we haven't officially asked her for an interview. Um, we would welcome her on for an interview if she wanted to come. Um, we were pursuing other avenues. I did reach out in the start of campaign just to touch base with her campaign, um, and to get a bio so that I would have the bios of all the candidates in Burlington. Uh, no response. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know other media organizations in Burlington have reached out to the campaign and have also uh, basically been told that, uh, she won't speak to them. Um, and, uh, you know, this is going on in every single riding, right? Um, this happens provincially, federally. There are there are uh, uh, the candidates. You most of the candidates usually turn up for the debates because it just looks so bad if they don't. But they'll quite often skip a couple of them. You know, if there's three, they'll go to one. The, or something the, deba- like
1: that. the debates are pointless, though. The, well, the, I mean, the yeah, debates no. are, are are softball points where you know you get you get asked questions and the public shows up and they get to you know it's all it's all theater. There's no actual policy discussion and there's no chance. What I think it was unique about our our offer to the parties was we're going to give you about a half hour to make your case. Like I don't know where, where else you're going to hear that from. Uh, yeah. I, I, what what just what just got me about this was the fact that we reached out to the NDP they the the candidates uh, we had Roberto uh, Enriquez on who. I thought represented himself fairly well. We're going to have uh, Adam Vancouverton on to represent the liberals in the 905. Uh, And I'm looking forward to that conversation and just would have been nice to have the conservative party on, but instead we have this policy of don't talk to anyone because you know, we we can't have you just talking to anybody in in an election. Like why, why, why would you want to do that? Um, And that's, that kind of brings us into, the second part of our our, our episode today, which is the, the rise of this the rise, I'm going to call them the, the fringe, far-right, anti-vax, anti-mask, anti-science, anti just basically the, the anti-wing of our, our political discourse. And it, the, the, in the latest polls, we're seeing the, the rise of the, uh, the PPC, the People's Party of Canada in the polls. So right now, they're sitting at about 7% of the of the polls, which, I mean, it's not enough for them to become uh, government by any chance, but it is enough that it's feasible at some riding across this country, they may win one or two seats. Like, this is green. They're they're entering into uh, Green Party territory here where they could possibly take one or two seats. Um, And and I I know everybody's saying one or two seats. Like, what does that matter? That's nothing. It's for... Here's the point. If you're in a, if you have a seat, if your party has a seat in the parliament of Canada, you have legitimacy, you have bona fides. you you are in the, the national discussion and the problem I have with it is that these people who are supporting the PPC and the candidates themselves are crossing the line away from legitimate conversation into just outright thuggery. Uh, and, it, it's it's a scary moment in our democracy, uh, and the fact that not of people are calling these thugs out uh, as that th- th- these this is not legitimate conversation. This isn't a legitimate political discourse. It's dangerous that these people are being are are going to are, are going to have a chance to have influence over the way our our laws are formed and and created. And people should, I think people should stop and give pause to this. Regardless of your political affiliation, these people are are are, are dangerous. These are the, the, the these, this anti mask, anti science rhetoric has gone, gone away from, oh my gosh, I'm, I, your eye roll with your uncle at the dinner table too. I mean, these are the people who are blocking ambulances from getting into hospitals. These are the people who are, who are yelling and spitting on people as they're, walking in from seeing loved ones at hospitals and throwing rocks at the prime minister that this like
0: making people should, who are coming out of hospitals. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people with, with, with coming out from chemotherapy with, with not just compromised immune systems, but no immune systems, uh, uh, walk, having to walk through a crowd of people who are shouting at them for wearing masks, uh, yeah. It's is unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's, and it's part of, I mean, this is a global phenomenon or, or certainly a phenomenon in the Western world, it seems. Um, and, you uh, know, just before we came on, we, uh, we were sort of discussing some of this and, uh, I was remembering that back before I came to Canada, um, probably the last election or so that I was over there, the UKIP, the UK independence party already existed. Um, um, most people thought they were a joke. Um, they were just time wasters. Uh, a lot, a lot of the people who, who ran for them were um, clearly not capable and not particularly bright, and and you know actually real liabilities when it came to interviews. Um, uh, and yet, what ended up happening with that is that Britain was, was taken out of, uh, taken out of Europe, basically because they were the tail that wagged the conservative dog. Um, uh, so, you know, don't, don't ever mistake a, a fringe group of, of crazy people, which basically these people are, are, and they get upset when you call them these people. Um, and I'm gonna say, yeah, you people, uh, are mm-hmm. abominable. Um, you're a racist. You're, uh, you are a disgrace and thank goodness for our democracy lets people like you still run. Um, but that doesn't mean I have to be nice about you. Um, but don't ever mistake, you know, we should not mistake that, that that groups like this cannot get traction because we're seeing them get traction. Um, a group like that just ran America for four years. Uh, um, and obviously, you know, we've, what's the old saying? Well, it used to be that, um, you know, America catches a cold and Canada gets the flu. Um, I'm not sure that's a good, uh, metaphor at the moment. Um, but, uh, uh, certainly I, I think the whole sort of QAnon, uh, conspiracy, yep. um, world that we're in now is reflected in, in, in so much that's going on. And it's this sense of white victimhood and, um, fragility and, uh, persecution that seems to be behind so much of it. Um, well, at the same time, these like, people kind of like- portray themselves as the as the rough, roughy, tough guys. You know, they're they're just whiners, really. But anyway,
1: these are people who can't handle the fact that Canada Canada has changed in the last fifty years. Uh, the 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 PPC represents an anti-progress uh, change. Like it, it's it's about it's not it's not about moving Canada forward. it's not about uh you know making a Canada better for anyone. It's about fear it's about stoking fear fear of immigrants it's about fear of trans people it's about fear of equality. it's about fear of your neighbor it's about fear of science. It's just let's make you so scared of everything that you think you're empowered but in reality you've closed yourself off from. Educating, educating yourself about the reality of the situation, empowering yourself, and this is this is a dangerous factor to play footsie's with. And I, I, I wanted to bring it up in this episode because for too long in this country we take we're, we're become so complacent about this stuff. We sit there and we say, "Oh, this can't happen in Canada." We're so nice, we're so polite, we're so we're so Canadian, and this that's not this stuff doesn't happen here. It is happening. It's happening right now. Uh, it, it's, it's, and we're being too polite about it. We're being too polite because we say, oh, no, we, we, we you know, we have to let them have their say. They have a, a sh- an opportunity to stand at the microphone. No, they don't. They don't. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to give them a fair shot. You can turn around and walk out the door and say, no, you don't represent me. This is, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the vaccine. I'm not afraid of wearing a mask. I'm not afraid of letting my children wear a mask or, and hopefully, take the vaccine one day when it becomes available for them. I'm, I'm not afraid of refugees coming into my country. I'm not afraid of somebody discovering that they're that they're trans. I'm not afraid of of gay, lesbian, bisexual uh, people. I, I'm not affra- I'm just I'm not going to live my life that way, and I'm not going to hear from somebody who is that weak in their in their constitution that they're going to succumb to that fear to say, well, I have to, I have to live with you. I have to give you equal footing. No, I don't. And here's the thing. We know we don't cause we're talking about vaccine passports. The majority of Canadians, want them. majority, majority of people say we've paid our dues. We've, we've cut ourselves off in the, from our loved ones, from our work, from our public spaces. And you know what? I don't want to share that space with the ignorant and the fearful and the people who, yell and spit on cancer patients as they enter and leave hospitals. I don't want to share that space with them. So you know what? I'm going to get a vaccine. I'm going to get double dose and I'm going to get my vaccine passport. And you know what? I'm going to show it every time I want to enter a restaurant, every time I want to enter a movie theater, or every time I want to enter a gymnasium and I'm going to show it and I'm going to be proud of it. I'm going to say, you wait outside. It's my turn to enjoy this. It's my turn to engage with my, my life and with my loved ones and my friends and family. And now you get to sit in the corner and you can be miserable and complain and you can shout at the the tinfoil hat squadron all you want. I, I you you're not gonna bother me. But where you're not gonna do that is in my parliament, is in my house of commons, because it's my it is mine, it is yours, it is everyone's in Canada, it's our house, it's where our the people's business is done. And we shouldn't allow these fringe lunatics in there. To, cl- to just mess it up. That's all they're going to do is just mess it up, and we can't do that. And we need to start. We need to start taking this stuff seriously, folks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Canada, Canada—the good, Canada—the nice—is is a phrase that's come up a couple of times this year in different contexts. Um, and Canada—that's the real. There's there's that real genuine side of Canada that that is polite and nice and friendly, but we know every society in the world has, uh, it's difficulties and it's undertones. And, and there's certainly a, a deep, um, thread of, of racism that, that, that runs through that that's been kind of hidden from us because, um, because it just wasn't polite to sort of, uh, admit to, to, to what you might actually think if you like, and what the whole Trump era has done is allowed these people to say, "No, I'm a racist and I'm proud." Kind of. I mean, they'll still deny they're racist, but uh, uh, but, but much less in uh, a hidden fashion than they might have done in the past. Um, we've given license to people's worst people's worst sides to kind of come out into the open. And yeah, I mean, what you were saying about uh, I'm not afraid of all these things, and most of all. What, what we're not afraid of is that if you give everybody in Canada a level playing field, that somehow we're going to not be able to survive in that world where uh, people of color... Um, have the same chance of getting hired as anybody else or where women get paid the same as everybody else and can run for office or run for, uh, be a CEO or whatever at the same numbers as men. Uh, you know, people who are resisting that are basically saying, well, Hey, I, I've, I've had a leg up for all this time. And if you take that away from me, I'm not going to be able to survive. Well, what a sucky point of view that is. I mean, how, how, how fragile and, and, uh, feeble is, is that perspective? that you basically think you can't compete uh, on a level playing field with the rest of uh, of the country. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's well, depressing that's, to watch this but stuff. That's, but that's
1: that's exactly it. And I, I just want to bring it back to our first story about the Conservatives not stepping up to the microphone, so to speak, and, and coming on to talk, uh, let their candidates talk publicly. This is kind of what happens. Like, you, these the supporters it's not, it's not just black, you know, it's not just cut down the middle. You can't just divvy up. These are people who are They're. there. You. I believe people do get lured into it. And it's nice. You hear a few things like, well, that makes, you know, that kind of, I kind of see your point there and, and you get lured in and you start drinking the Kool-Aid. And before you know it, you're, you're running around with the tinfoil hat brigade. And the conservatives have kind of played footsies with these people for the last few years. Um, the, the fact that, you know, Aaron O'Toole won't be definitive on vaccination, like, are, are we going to get vaccine passports or not, is an indication that you're playing footsies with these people because you don't want to upset them. And like, set, like just, there are certain things that you just have, like, I don't see why vaccines are political. Like, you either, we take them or we don't, and then you have to encourage people to get them. And the, and we, the problem is all the people who are willing to get them have already got them. And so, fine. If we need to encourage the rest by getting some kind of pass vaccine passport system in place, um, so be it. But, you know, the, the part of it is that the conservatives do need to step up and start taking back their, their, their agency on this front and own, start reclaiming the right spectrum of the, of the Canadian political landscape. Cause they're, they're losing ground quickly to people like the PPC. They're, they're losing their, they're losing the ground to these folks because they, they, they trade in fear. Their currency is fear and they are they are cashing it in with conservative party voters, which is why we're seeing this uptick in support uh across the country for the PPC. And this part of this is I for me this episode is just a call to the conservatives is step up, man. Step up, get out there and let, like let your, you know, start earning earning back that credibility because these these clowns can't be allowed any any more of a footstep into our political discourse. They just can't. Because if you give them an inch, they will literally take a yard.
0: Yeah, and you can't exist in a world where you're basically saying that anybody who is to the left of the conservatives is is not worth speaking to. Like We're hoping that this podcast will become uh, I mean, it's growing more and more popular all the time. Uh, Our numbers keep going up, which is very satisfying. And we're aiming it at everybody who lives in the 905. You're basically saying that, that, that Pretty mainstream opinions which I think we really have um, are, are you know not to be trusted um that that you can't trust uh, you can't trust your candidates with us and that we are not trustworthy to to, uh, to to sort of share the air with now uh, the candidate in Burlington um and multiple other conservative candidates who are now not speaking to podcasts, not speaking to anyone else. If you go onto YouTube, you'll find all kinds of interviews that they did earlier in the year with things like the Young Conservatives Association um, or you know various conservative groups. So they will speak to their own, but they will not speak outside their their bubble, if you like. Uh, which means that they, that of course, they're, they're they're scared of losing votes to the right because they know that they can't really, are not even trying to 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 uh, go to the left to any significant degree um, to sort of bring in those um, you know blue blue liberals for one of a, a better word uh, who, who who might consider sort of uh, uh, um, going to a more moderate conservative party they are not even interested in that and, and this brings us back to a huge topic actually which I think you know has not been addressed at all during this election and that if I was um, Certainly if I was uh Jack Meet Singh, I would be trying to make it front and centre, but he doesn't seem to be very interested. And that's the whole issue of uh electoral reform, which, you know, was the Liberals promised to do in 2015 and then then uh, uh backtracked on. We're having these conversations right now. Oh wow, the conserv I mean in the first couple of the weeks the Conservatives are doing really well, you know, they've they've got thirty two percent of the uh that's not doing well. If your leader has 32% estimated, it doesn't matter if all the other guys have less. That's a terrible uh, number. You you do not have a mandate to, to open a fruit shop uh, with that kind of vote share. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't be talking about winners and losers who can win with not just uh, a minority of the vote, but far, far less than 40% of the vote. Uh, you have to start talking about parties working together. And then when I mean, that's the other side of things it's so frustrating when we see people getting more and more jaded and uh, pessimistic about the ability of politics to work for them and turning to extremism out of this is no excuse for being a racist piece of whatever however i do kind of recognize the frustration that is out there in a much more wide sense in the population of feeling that politics is not working for us anymore Um, and it's because we have this crazy system that that will hand 100% of the power of the power to a, a, a party that just took a small minority of the vote, um, and we're talking about you know two uh, percent here or there. Will hand everything to the Conservatives or or the Liberals. Uh, that ain't right. Uh, and you know, the 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 biggest disappointment I will certainly always have of of, of Trudeau's time, however long it might go on is that they turned their back on that having made a commitment there was no real need to um, and right now we would be talking about a fundamentally different election if if we had um a proportional representation system put in place after 2015 because we would be looking at okay which part, which of these two parties are going to work together to form a stable government for the next uh four years rather than, well, this looks like we're going to have another minority, which is going to last another year ago, and then we're to do this all again. You know, you've uh, uh, we got to grow up and start having serious conversations about all the things that are wrong with our systems that are giving us bad results. Um, and that will give people some kind of hope um, that politics can work for them again. That's my TED talk. <laughs>
1: Let's leave it at that for, uh, for this week. Uh, oh, before we go, uh, if you listen this far and you've been enjoying the, uh, 905er, uh, to date, why not throw us some money? Uh, Roland, you set up a, uh, buy me a coffee account, which the notes, the link is in the show notes. So if you're, uh, if you did, if you weren't concerned about, uh, uh, subscribing to our Patreon because you didn't want that, you weren't thinking of that long of a commitment. Uh, try and buy me a coffee. Give us a, a few bucks here and there, and it'll go a long way to keep us uh, uh, keep us on the air.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. We'll leave the we'll leave the link, and um, uh, you can uh, just throw us the price of a coffee. Quite literally, and that would be absolutely fantastic.
1: Make it a macchiato. Give us the big coffee.
0: <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll speak to you next time.